Welcome to the story of writing, a look at writers, written work, and history. Today is July 28th, 2023. I'm your host, John Brown. On this day in 1866, Lavinia Ream became the first and youngest woman to receive a commission from the U.S. government for a sculpture. Ream was 18 years old, and Congress wanted a full-size statue of former President Abraham Lincoln. She went by Vinnie, and Congress had good reasons to choose her to sculpt Lincoln. She had recently completed a bust of the president, who sat for her a few minutes each morning for five months in 1864. At the time, Ream sold photos of herself and sought the attention of news reporters and photographers. Critics of the commission pointed to her beauty and political influence. She worked in a sculpting studio in the basement of the U.S. Capitol. And some of those critics also called her a public woman, a term suggesting she was a sex worker. The statue of Lincoln that Reem carved is in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. She produced other well-known works, including three marble sculptures exhibited at the 1893 World's Columbian Expo in Chicago. Reem also designed Sequoia, the first freestanding statue of a Native American to be displayed in Statuary Hall of the U.S. Capitol. On July 28, 1868, the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution was ratified. It gave African Americans in the U.S. citizenship and guaranteed them due process of law. And it was on this day in 1914 that Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia, essentially starting the First World War. Exactly one year later, in 1915, the U.S. began a 19-year occupation of the country of Haiti. And it was on July 28, 1932, that U.S. President Herbert Hoover had enough of the Bonus Army. These were some 17,000 U.S. veterans of World War I and their families, more than 40,000 people in total, who descended on Washington, set up tent camps, and demonstrated loudly, hoping to cash out their service bonus certificates. These certificates were due to mature and pay out in 1945, but the Depression and widespread unemployment led to this desperate measure. On this day, on Pennsylvania Avenue, General Douglas MacArthur positioned an infantry and a cavalry unit. The cavalry was supported by light tanks under the command of then-Major George S. Patton. Just before 5 p.m., with the go-ahead from President Hoover, MacArthur ordered his troops to charge, and the Bonus Army was driven away from the White House and over the bridge to the other side of the Anacostia River. Official casualty counts claim two veterans died in the confrontation, and nearly 70 policemen were injured. But it was a terrible spectacle. Uniformed troops attacking veterans. The public directed little to no anger at General MacArthur and other military commanders involved in the attack, but Hoover faced terrible political fallout. His treatment of the Bonus Army veterans is considered a key reason for his lopsided loss to Franklin Delano Roosevelt in that year's presidential election. On this day in 2005, the Provisional Irish Republican Army, or IRA, announced that it would no longer use weapons to fight British rule and reunite the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. The military arm of the IRA had lost credibility due to violence that caused widespread loss of life. That faction of the IRA was also blamed for drug dealing and robbing nearly $50 million from a bank in Northern Ireland. 
The IRA's political arm, however, felt it could affect change if it could convince the militants to lay down their weapons. Past failures to disarm scuttled earlier attempts at peace. It took two months, but the IRA's arsenal was decommissioned. This included more than a thousand detonators and two tons of plastic explosives, along with grenades, flamethrowers, and seven surface-to-air missiles. Today's reading is an excerpt from The Death of the Heart by Elizabeth Bowen. Early in March, the crocuses crept alight, then blazed yellow and purple in the park. In fact, it is about five o'clock in the evening that the first hour of spring strikes. Autumn arrives in the early morning, but spring at the close of a winter day. The air, about to darken, quickens and is run through with mysterious white light. The curtain of darkness is suspended, as though for some unprecedented event. There is, perhaps, no sunset. The trees are not yet budding. But the senses receive an intimation, an intimation so fine, yet striking in so directly, that this appears a movement in one's own spirit. This exalts whatever feeling is in the heart. And that is the story of writing for July 28th. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow, a little travel writing and a little political science for Alexei de Tocqueville's birthday. What writing or history is important to you? Please let me know at storyofwriting.com. <laughs>